You're listening to the Anchor Faith Church Message Podcast with our senior pastor, Earl Glisson. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. We're in a series called I Will Follow. It's the spirit of the kingdom. We're learning how to be led by the spirit. Because in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For all who are being led by the spirit, these are the sons of God. Hallelujah. So children of God should be led by the Spirit. Rick Renner said this. He said in the Greek, the sentence structure is actually reversed so that it reads, for as many as by the Spirit of God are being led, they are the sons of God. It puts the Holy Spirit at the first of the verse, and we are placed behind him. Our picture, a picture of our responsibility as children to follow the leader. So Romans 8, 14, he says, could literally mean this. Those who follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Aren't you glad we can follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit? So we've done a couple weeks. We've seen some great things. You need to go back online or YouTube or, uh, you know, podcast, uh, whichever way you're listening to us. If you hadn't heard the two messages previous, it would uh, um, bless you not just to hear it once but multiple times so that you can get the context necessary um, as we move forward because that's about as much review as I can go. But let's set context to... Romans chapter 8, verse 14, which is, a, is our, you know, uh, scripture that we've been drawing our text from. So if we jump up to the beginning of the chapter, okay, we're going to understand why this statement is even being made in the first place, okay? All right? So let's look at it. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says this, and I'll go to verse 4 and make a couple comments. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as though... uh, Weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So we see here in these first four verses that there's some context set here. The New American Standard uh, Bible and some additional translation Read the first verse and conclude at the end of Christ Jesus. But if you have the King James Version or the New King James Version, Modern King James Version, uh, the Young's Literal Translation, they add some things in context to the first verse. And that, that it would read this way. There is then now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus who walk according to the flesh who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So, we see here then, if you don't want to have a sense of condemnation about your life, you must be walking a specific way. Now, Paul is writing to saints. He's dealing with the subject of uh, God's grace and how God has graced us. He's given us grace so that we don't have to sin anymore or be subject to sin anymore or fulfill the lusts of the flesh that are still waging war in our bodies based upon the fact that we are in a, um, our, our skin suits are not immortal yet and we're still in a world where sin exists, rebellion against God is. And we are in the process of renewing our minds. He saved our spirits, meaning our old spirit man that was dead without God. It leaves the minute we make a confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. But we have a saving of the soul that is a process, which is our responsibility now that we're born again to hear the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of us because we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are to hear and yield to him as he reveals scripture. So he says, that thinking is carnal or that thinking is fleshly. That response is fleshly. That response is not in line with the kingdom. I need to change that because the Holy Ghost is telling me we don't respond that way as a child of God. Now, you can be born again and ignore that and basically live as a babe in Christ or carnal and really bring a lot of confusion to the world. What is the confusion you would bring? The confusion is, is that I'm a sinner like you, but I'm saved. I do what you do, but I'm going to heaven. Well, why are you going to heaven and I'm not? And we're doing the same actions. Well, it's because I asked Jesus to come to my heart and save me. 
That's the difference between us. Well, if that's the only difference between us, then I'll wait to have that confession before I die. But then we throw this at, yeah, but you don't know when you're going. But again, what good is having him now if it doesn't actually change me? Well, the, what does good is that you won't be uh, condemned eternally into uh, the lake of fire. So that's like our only selling point. And for many people who don't believe they're dying anyway because they're breathing, they'll hold out and wait. Or they'll say, well, that's good. I'll just do what I want to do and get insurance policy through Jesus, which really they don't make him Lord in the first place. They just want to get out of hell free card and live their own life like they want to. But I'm telling you right now, according to Scripture, that's not going to run. Hallelujah. No, he saved me completely. Amen. And so he's telling me that I'm free from any guilt or sentence of guilt when I walk according to the Spirit. Because here's the thing. We're going to see here in a moment. But the minute the Holy Ghost got inside you, he created trouble for your flesh. He created trouble. And he does not just say, I'm fine with it. It's all right. I'm in here. I got your spirit, man. It's all good. We're going to see he does not say that. The Holy Spirit's like, hey, whoo, that's not the kingdom. Hey, that's not the kingdom. Hey, there's another way to respond. Hey, there's another way to do. I know you feel like that, but let's go ahead and laugh anyway. Let's go ahead and laugh anyway. Let's don't give to that. Let's do this instead. And if you'll yield to the Spirit, then you'll have what the Spirit brings. But if you don't yield to the Spirit, then you'll have what the flesh has. Well, let's go on. Verse 5. It says, for those who are according to the flesh set, what? Their minds. Not their spirits, but their minds. Their minds on the things of the flesh, which means they're constantly thinking about their own personal desires. They keep their growth in God only about what can you give me. Hallelujah. But you understand the love of God is not about what you can give me because God didn't come down here to say, what can you give me? God says, you can't give me anything. I'm giving to you. So we receive that love. So we shouldn't keep going to God saying, what can you give me? We should say, Lord, you laid down your life for me and you... you you didn't expect anything from me. You just gave me an opportunity to have a relationship. So here I am just growing in who you are. I'm not, my expectation is I just want to be like you. But those who are according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, which means it's the same context. Look at verse six, just so you'll know. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind... But the mind, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So even though your spirit man's alive unto God, you got to set your mind on it. You got to set your mind on it. I had this thought when I was, uh, ran upstairs real quick. Uh, the Lord says, you know, um, people would act, especially in the church, as if there's problems that happen in the world that I, I don't have an answer for. You know, and then the church gets in great debates over things going on like, you know, well, what should we do? And the Lord's like, I'm the answer to everything. I mean, the world should come to the church for an answer, but they reject me, not you. So when they're out there posing, don't sit there and go, wow, I wonder what that answer is. That's a really good point. We should be like, Lord, you already know the answer, so tell me what I need to do. Because my mind gets set on the spirit of life and peace. So I set my mind on what God says. The mind set on the flesh is death. Little translation says you're going to die. Now, death doesn't mean you're going to quit breathing per se. That doesn't mean you're going to quit breathing per se. But that means death is a separation. So you understand you could set your mind on, on, the, on the flesh in order to get promoted and get a job and, and be seen by people and all this. And in the end... Be separated from that goal because you put all your trust in that position and then when it's gone, you fall apart, die, you know, you get separated from it and you don't know your identity's in the wrong place. Verse 7, but the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God for it does not subject itself to the law of God for it's not even able to do so and those who are in the flesh, look, cannot 
please God. So you can't even please God if your mind's set where? In the flesh. Well, we know over in Hebrews it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. So that tells me if your mind is set on the flesh, you're not in faith. It's impossible for you to be in faith because your mind's set there. See, if you come down here and you're worshiping God and your mind's set on your problem, although there's power to deliver you, you're not here in faith. Now, faith calls those things that be not as though they were. So that means in my mind, emotionally, I'm in turmoil over a situation that I'm in. But in the spirit, he gives me an answer and tells me how to respond contrary to that. So I want to cry, but yet all of a sudden the spirit says, laugh. Now, have you done a laugh and you wanted to cry? Well, it looks weird, right? You're mad, but yet he tells you to get joy. You know, you're just really aggravated about this situation. You just want to go in there and blow up, and there ain't no righteous anger about this deal. You're just in the flesh mad, okay? Well, then the Holy Ghost say, well, put on peace. Well, how do you do that? Peace feels different than anger. It feels different. So that means you have to begin, I have peace. And yet you don't feel it, but you're calling it. You start calling Why? Because you set your mind on what God says about this situation, not really how your, your flesh is talking about it. And if you'll stay with what the Spirit, then eventually you'll go, whew, you feel so much better because peace would just cover you. It'd go beyond your understanding. You'd be like, wow. And like joy, man, it'd come upon you. You'll start laughing. You're like, there's really no reason for me to laugh. Because even at the end of your belly laugh, the situation may not even in the natural have changed yet. But you're changed. And you're in a posture where God's like, there's faith there. I'll move on that. Faith stops God every time. Every time. So we've got to make sure our mindset, if you're going to be led by the Spirit, as the Bible tells us to be, then you've got to get your mind set where the Spirit is. You've got to abandon that religious thought of keeping your common sense. Get renewed sense. Get your mind renewed to the Word. Because, again, I've already explained, 7.6 billion people on the planet. There may be a billion believers on the planet, and all of those are not functioning equally. Not that they couldn't, but they're choosing not to grow in the things of God. Many are carnal. Many are not rising to the occasion. Okay? So that means the number is even smaller of those who actually walking out the plan of God for their life. That is already a minority. And again, the world cannot think and know like us, so the most common knowledge is ungodly. Right? We have uncommon knowledge and uncommon thinking. And it makes you look peculiar. But that's all right. Hallelujah. Amen. So... We see them as we continue on. Let's go to verse 9. However, you are not in the flesh. Aren't you glad he reminded us of that? Now, he's trying to remind us just in case you feel like you can't overcome. This is why the, what I would consider based upon Scripture a doctrine of demons and seducing spirit to take this confession, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. You're saved by grace through faith. Now you are a believer. Quit associating your life with sin. You've been redeemed. You've been freed in the beginning of this chapter from the law of sin and death, and now you're over into the law of spirit and life. Identify yourself with the spirit. Right? Well, I don't want to act like I'm better than anybody else. You are as God's called you. And if you would live at the capacity that God's created you as now in Christ, many people would say, you're better than me. I want what you have. It is a false humility for us to run around and act like we don't have the greater one on the inside of us. 
and that we aren't subject to this thing called the flesh anymore. We are living beyond our, beneath our nature and our capacity. And the lost and dying world wants to see, just like all creation, the sons of men to rise up and dominate. Jesus' equality with us when he walked on the earth was this. I was tempted just like you on all accounts. Yet unlike you, I never gave to the flesh. Now he lives in us. So we ought to be at a turn and say, I don't live in the flesh either. Just as Paul said, I don't, I don't live according to the flesh. However, I'm not in the flesh. But where? In the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells where? Listen, the third person of the Godhead's on the inside of you. I'm telling you right now, the, one of the greatest confessions you can do during this I will follow is stand in your mirror and say, the third person of the Godhead is in me. The Holy Ghost lives in me. The Holy Ghost lives in me. And if you'll get revelation of that, so it's amazing how weak we make the Holy Spirit. We stop the Holy Ghost. We stop the Word. The Bible talks about us, don't grieve the Spirit or quench it. That means we have the power in our will to stop him in our lives. Then we have also the power to make the word of God of null effect because we know it in our minds, but we don't act on it in our lifestyle, our behavior, and our belief systems. And we live beneath our nature. And the world's like, I mean, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? He goes on and says this, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of God, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, is Christ in you? Yes. I said, is, in, is Christ in you? Yes. Though the body is dead because of sin, meaning you're, you're, you're not immortal yet. You've not put on your uh, glorified body, okay? Although Sin still tries to attract itself to you and that there's still elements of your being that um, sin has an effect in. He goes on and says it this way. He says, yet the spirit is alive Be, uh, because of righteousness. So we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Let his, uh, which is not a religious word, it means right standing with the governing authority. Let the governing authority, let the Holy Ghost lead you in how you should think, act, and behave in any given situation, even if it makes no sense to your intellect. Period. Get control of yourself. And it's a fruit of the Spirit called self-control. I, I just can't take it anymore. Well, you're right. You can't. But the third person of the Godhead's in you and has given you a fruit so that you can endure. If you would yield, that tells me when people say, I can't take it anymore, that they're not yielding. They're in the flesh. They're not yielding to the power available on the inside of us. Hallelujah. He goes on and says this then. He says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Hear that? This is like powerful stuff here. The Holy Spirit is alive in us. He raised Jesus from the dead. I mean, seriously, what can happen to your life that the Holy Ghost can't take care of? Wow, he's so powerful. He's so powerful. He says, he said, it, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are, we are under obligation, where? Not to the flesh. So where are we under obligation? To live according, or not according to the flesh, or to live according to the flesh, for if you are living according to the flesh, you must again die. Are you going to die? But, here's the but in verse 13, which is what we are obligated. This is our obligation. If we are by the Spirit, you are putting to death 
the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So who are the sons of God? Those who put to death the flesh. Now, Rick Renner said in sparkling, his sparkling gems concerning the Greek word led that we saw here in the 14th verse, for all being led, he said is, is again the Greek word which simply means led. He says, but it's also to be pointed out that this word forms the root of another Greek word which describes an intense conflict such as a struggle in a wrestling match or a struggle of the human will. So, this verse 14 of the 8th chapter of Romans carries this idea as well, and it would read this way. Following the leadership of the Holy Spirit is one of the privileges of being a son of God. Although it may be agonizing to learn how to defer to him and to really let him be your leader. Amen. We'll make sure we have that, con that one pasted for next uh, service. I'm going to read it again. Following the leadership of the Holy Spirit is one, is one, is one of the Holy Spirit is one of the privileges of being a son of God. Although it may be agonizing to learn how to defer to him, to really let him be your leader. Amen. Rick went on to say this. He said, this, illustrate, this illustrates the fact that although the Holy Spirit wants to lead us, our human will doesn't like the idea of being led. You see, it's, an, it's the nature of the flesh to want to go its own way. Thus, when we choose to walk in the Spirit and let Him dictate our lives, our leadership, His leadership over us creates a struggle of our will with our flesh. Hallelujah. That's why when I preach, I sense, I can actually see it on people. I discern it. When all of a sudden I see their will struggling, it's messing with their intellect. And sometimes it pulls me where I have to preach it a little different. I got to go another example. I got to push it a little harder. Sometimes I have to preach in a way that I get a little indignant about that because it's kind of a spirit of religion about it. Bind that up. Are you with me? Because you're struggling. You just can't intellectually figure out why. <laughs> See, when we get in these moments of being led by the Spirit like this, and somebody come down and dance before the Lord and joy, you can sit back there and go, man, that's just a bunch of nonsense. You don't want to be like that. Now, you, it may not be for you to have to participate in that today. Maybe not. But you would want to rejoice that somebody's getting theirs. And that when you get in a moment, you need to get yours, that if the church allowed them to get theirs, then the church is going to allow you to get yours. We don't want to be like David's one wife that despised his dancing. That means you'll be unfruitful the rest of your life, although you come to church all the time. <laughs> so there's a struggle. I, every time I preach, I hear you. I see you. You're wrestling. I see it, man. If, if, I could, if I could, like, do a little movie clip of what's going on in your mind. Some of y'all rated R looking inside your mind. You cussing God out. You doing all kind of stuff. You holding yourself in bondage. You've kidnapped yourself from your potential. You're holding yourself for, for ransom. Just fighting, fighting. Right there in your pew, you're fighting. Right there in your little seat, you're like, Instead of just saying, Lord, I believe. Shut up, self. Shut up, self. Shut up, self. Seriously, think about it. You didn't have the answer to get yourself in a relationship with God. Yet the minute you're born again, you're going to talk to God about how to do the rest of your life. Oh, I'm preaching now. Right? Because, again, we are, we're not smart enough to get ourselves into heaven. But all of a sudden, we're smart enough to live like hell to go to heaven. Well, I'm not going to do that. That's silly. 
Is it in the Bible? Is dancing in the Bible? Is shouting in the Bible? Is laughing in the Bible? Sure. Is lifting your hands in the Bible? Well, I don't feel like it. And that's your problem. Because you're living according to your flesh. Is singing unto the Lord in the Bible? Well, I don't sing well. That's great. There's a scripture for you. Make a joyful noise. Doesn't matter. He didn't say you had to be in tune. He just said, say something. Right? <laughs> I've heard some of y'all. Y'all horrible. But I'm not ever like, can you please be quiet because you sound horrible right now and messing up my worship experience. No, I'm not doing that. Right? <laughs> but maybe if you got in faith in your singing, God would give you a voice. Maybe it sounds so bad because you've been so resistant to open it. Maybe you could actually get in tune if you practice. Hallelujah. So I don't understand how anybody could come into worship like this. And act like God's like, that's my boy right there. That's my girl. That, whoo, I love them right there. That's my child. And what do you do? You're like, don't judge me. Nah, see, that's your own guilt. Because you worship in according to the flesh. <laughs> Ooh, and there's a lot of songs that only tap into the soul realm anyway and never even impact the spirit. But let's go on. He said, the flesh always distrusts guidance or instruction given by a person in a position of authority. And it's human nature to want to call the shots and lead the way. See, I am just the messenger. So really, when you get mad, well, that pastor just wants me to do this. He's telling me to come and run, telling me to come down here, telling me to do this. No, that's what the Spirit's saying. Amen? Now, just to let you know, everything Pastor Marcy said today, I had right there. I had right there. I'd already gotten it. I was going to do something, but she took it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, why did she take it? Well, because when she said, I got unction, I'm like, okay, go ahead. Why? Because I'm not the only person. Number one. Number two, we're demonstrating what we're talking about. I will follow. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you know, then after she did the first part, I'm like, okay, I, I got that, Lord. I'll do that. So then I was going to come up, and then what she do? She runs, and I'm like, hmm. Well, hallelujah. I'll let it go. Right? Not that I'm upset about it. I think it's awesome. Right? It goes good. Well, then she comes a third time, and I'm thinking, I can do this now. <laughs> but the reality is we're teaching. Then did you see how Pastor Marcus was led by the Spirit to actually take a song? Well, first of all, I grab one phrase. He does it often. And that's like the Holy Ghost talking to you right now. You better grab that phrase, get it down in your spirit phrase. But then he takes a whole nother song and puts it to the music of what we're currently doing just so we can get in your spirit, man. Yeah, you'd be like... <laughs> Hallelujah. By faith. I said by faith. Brother Hagin made this statement. I understand it more and more. He said, I stepped off the platform in the flesh and landed in the spirit. Now, that doesn't mean he was trying to be fleshy. He sensed God was doing something, and yet he himself was totally personally disconnected, but by faith he wanted to participate. And as a result of him saying, I'm going to cast off my flesh and get to where the Spirit's doing something, even though I don't even feel like doing it, that faith moment put him in the Spirit. He's like, wow, and it moved his life differently. You know, the, this great thing about, again, the foundation of being led by the Spirit is wisdom. But wisdom not acted upon is you just accumulating knowledge of God and maintaining it for your own selfish motive. And you're not going to be led by the Spirit then. 
And I don't care who you talk to and, and, and um, you know, um, rightly divide or exegesis uh, scripture, whatever. Doesn't matter. Your life should produce it. Should manifest. And again, this is corporate worship. This isn't like, you know, your personal time, which means some things are going to get drawn out that are necessary. And if even if it doesn't, even if it's not what you personally need, you can at least connect enough for those that are. Have you ever been in a place where like, we're going to lay hands and just extend your hands? Well, what's extending your hands do? It ain't like you're transferring the anointing. The other person laying hands is actually doing that because that's what God wanted. Well, it's about you connecting in the spirit. I went into one, and the, the minister who laid hands on people to receive healing said, Every, get, start praying in the Spirit. What's he trying to do? Stay connected with the service. Because even if you don't need to be healed today, somebody needs. Let's make power available. Right? Let's get pleasing with the Lord. Let's get in reverential awe while God's moving by his power to, lay, to touch people's lives through the laying on of hands to be healed. Be connected in every aspect. So whether young or old, most people don't like the idea of being led. Amen. Well, this is why I'm thankful for my military career. Because it sure helped me to just, I don't care whether I like you or not. You have rank. And I want to be able um, to stay in good standing and not beat my face. You may not know what that term means. That means I have to get down and do push-ups because you're going to make me beat my face because I keep doing things wrong. Right. Or you take money from me because I get an Article 15. Right. Amen. They didn't have to be godly. They just had to have rank. But the Holy Spirit is God. Yes. And you can trust his leading because yes. he'll never lead you into death. The only thing that he leads you that requires you to die is to kill your flesh to get over into the spirit. <laughs> so why don't you kill that and come on over here in the spirit and I'll show you something powerful. Hallelujah. Look, I was raised in a denominational church, man. I know it. There was no only spirit moving in that service was people getting born again. Outside of that, wasn't much other than that. Used to the three hymnals, man, offering, preach the message out in an hour. Not here. I said not here. Come on. I'm thankful. And sometimes I don't feel like certain things at certain areas, but I know I just need something. So I, in faith, I just take off. Step out. Hallelujah. And then God moves because he loves faith. Well, let's see where this is found. It's very clear here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Let's run through this real quick. 16 and 17, new, uh, the New King James Version says this way. I say to them, then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the f flesh. So, we need to walk in the Spirit. We are to be led by the Spirit. We're children of God. It's our privilege. And we need to let go of our will. We need to quit wrestling with God. Okay? Verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit... And the Spirit against the flesh. See, the Holy Spirit, the minute you ask Jesus to come into your life and save you, what you didn't realize is that you were, caught, you were asking for trouble. You thought you were getting born again, which you are. You thought you were going to heaven, which you are. But what you did not think is that the Holy Ghost would say, now we're going to put that flesh in check. Because it's been living unchecked. And I showed up and let you know, if you'll continue this path right here, you're going to be punishable for eternal prison. And you are feeling like garbage and all that anyway, but Jesus. And you're like, man, I need a Savior. Well, then when you ask him to come in, he says, now nah, I'm going to come clean house. Well, what house is he cleaning? He's not cleaning your spirit, man. I don't have time to go over there, but the Bible talks about how uh, uh, the, an evil spirit would go out of a man and go into water his place and then return back to the vessel he was in and sees the house all swept and clean. That's the mind. 
yet didn't have anything in it. Didn't have any word, didn't renew the mind. It says, then that spirit bring back seven other spirits and the last state of the man be worse than the first. So the Holy Spirit says, I'm come to clean house. I'm going to get your mind right. So every time your mind wants to go fleshly, he'll say, hold on. You're like, who are you talking to? I'm talking to you. You did say Jesus is Lord, right? You know, a person, all who call on the name of the the Lord, supreme in authority, shall be saved. You did want God to save you, right? This is the conflict going on. So we're going to stop. What you Stop. Ho. Right there. Don't tell me what to do. Just get me into heaven when I die. No, that's not the deal. I'll go over here then since y'all wrestling. That's not the deal. That's not the deal. It's not get out of hell free card. I have shown up. I have come from the realm of heaven. I am here living on the inside of you. Going to talk to you about your stuff. So get used to it. Now you can silence the Holy Ghost and that's a bad day. It says for the lust of uh, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you you do not do the things you wish. Let me show you some other translation. The Amplified Classic says it this way. But I say to you, live and walk habitually in the Holy Spirit responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh of human nature without God. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh, godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free, uh, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. The Holy Spirit leads one direction, but because the flesh doesn't understand the leading of the Holy Spirit or doesn't want to obey it, it throws us into a struggle. The Holy Spirit is willing to lead us, and he will make sure we are in the right place at the right time, but we may have to overcome the flesh in order to follow. You're going to have to do it. The New Living Translation says it this way. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature uh, craves. Now, again, you're in Christ. Your spirit man's alive. It's incapable of sinning. But your mind is having to be renewed. And this is where you can end up walking in sin, even though your spirit is free from that. And the Holy Spirit's never guiding you into sin. All right? He goes on and says the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants, and the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires, these two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Can I get an amen? Listen, I don't care how mature you get, you're going to have to deal with the flesh. The message says it this way. My counsel is this. Live freely, animated and motivated by God's Spirit then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. I'll give you a quick one. I don't feel like going to church. Is that your spirit, man, saying that? Is that the Holy Ghost? Hey, listen, I know you had a long week. It's okay. Stay in. In fact, take two or three weeks off. Everybody deserves vacation from God. He understands. Don't be so legalistic about this. Now, I'm not saying that you can't miss a church service. I'm just saying if at the time, there's no reason for you to miss. But there is a feeling to miss. The Holy Ghost is not going to say, yeah, I agree. You should just stay home. What's the Holy Ghost going to say? Yeah, he's going to say, get up. Why? Why is he going to say that? Because it's not technically in Scripture other than when they were dead, you know, get up. Do not forsake the assembling. So there's no way the Holy Ghost is leading you to stay home 
just because your body is telling you, stay home. Or I'll give you another one. Just because you get in an argument with your spouse. Well, I'm not going to church today. The Holy Ghost, that's right. I wouldn't go with them either. <laughs> you can't go up in there anyway after all that conflict. It's not the Holy Ghost. Oh, but that is the flesh. All oh, the flesh should talk to you. And I just gave you a simple one. Right? I gave you a simple one. Woo! Come on now. No, we've got to... We've got to get rid of the selfishness and say, now, what do you want me to do? It says, for the root of, of sinful self-interest in us um, that is at odds with the free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These two ways of life are antithet... Uh, how do you say that? You know what it is. So that you cannot live at times one way and at other times another way according to how you feel on any given day. It's amazing how we'll put that flesh of tire down most days, at least till our vacation runs out. We go to work many days. I mean, how many of you go to work by every day? I don't even want to go. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of life. I don't want to go, but I have to. But why are we not doing this with our spirit, man? I have to be in the house of God. I have to be in the Word. I have to be in the Spirit. I have to be praying. I have to be praising. I have to be over in joy. I have to get the peace of God. I have to walk this thing out. I have to. It's conflict, I know. Nobody says it's not a conflict. So let me just say this, please. Let me go over to this side. <laughs> Quit listening to your flesh tell you that the problems you have ain't nobody else got. And wait for me to give you a personal example of how I overcame the flesh so we can identify. This scripture has already identified us. I fight it just like you. Ain't nobody free from the fight. So quit letting your flesh sound holy. Well, if they were going through what I was going through, they... No, you ain't been... You ain't gone. There, there is nothing new under the sun. Everything is common to man. And there are those that have gone through the same thing you're going through right now and whipped it, stripped of it of its power, overcame it, and conquered it. Amen. Hallelujah. So I don't have to have your personal experience to identify with your struggle. I don't have to be the color of your skin. I don't have to be in your economics. I don't have to have your education background to identify with your struggle. What color is the Holy Ghost? Oh, you better... Don't you live according to the flesh now. What you need to do is live according to the Spirit. The Bible says we regard no man in the flesh. And the world's trying to figure out how to do something. And Jesus says, I've already answered it. It's in the church right now. Every tongue, tribe, nation, everything's happening. Just walk in the love of God. Walk by the Spirit of God. Regard no man in the flesh. Don't live according to your fleshly desire. Don't give in to your flesh. Just live to the Spirit, and you'll walk in love. And if you'll walk in love, then the manifestation of God would manifest on the place, and we'd be all good. And when you see that person struggle and this person struggling, whatever the struggle is, you're like, I struggle too. 
The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He has different tactics, but it's all the same. He's trying to get you to identify with something other than Christ. Come on. The passion says it this way. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your, life, of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that uh, offend the Holy Spirit and uh, hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you and your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. If you really want to live a supernatural, Spirit-led life, there's no way around it. You'll have to deal with your flesh. The flesh wants to control you. So you must mortify or defeat the flesh, allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. The struggle may seem great, but it's the only way to live a fruitful Christian life. And I close in the same chapter, but a few verses lower, verse 24. How do we deal with our flesh? Galatians 5.24. Galatians 5.24. How do we deal with our flesh? And those who are Christ's have what? Crucified the flesh. Now, do you want to know what that looks like? Go rent the passion of Christ. Go ahead and jump to the crucifixion scene. Start where they beat him in the courtyard. And watch it all the way through to where he says it is finished. The Lord knew that the flesh would try to wield so much power in your mind that he never asked you to be nice to it, to coddle it. I've said this on more than one occasion. I believe it, and I know it. And I realize why people do not stick at Anchor Faith Church. Because we are not a flesh-friendly church. Now, we will allow you to bring your flesh in for the purpose of renewing your mind and teaching you how to crucify it. We are not going to go, it's all right. It's okay. We understand. Come here, Dustin. Help me out here. We understand. Oh, I understand. It's okay. It's going to be all right. I'm hurting just like you. Like stroking their flesh. Struggle's real, bro. Struggle's real. Come here, Tony. Come on up here. The struggle's real. I know. It's hard. We just talk to your flesh. Yeah. Oh, I know. That hurts. That hurts so bad. That's so bad. Oh, that's horrible. I just can't believe that's happening. That's what an answer the church says. I just can't believe they're doing that. Do we not know their sin? Do we not know the devil's out to kill, steal, and destroy? And you're like surprised at actions that are happening? We're surprised at what's going on in the world? And we're coddling them. Brother, I feel so bad for what's going on in your life. Instead of saying, you know what? There's a way out. Now here's the thing. You'll never be free from the racism. You know what? You're never going to be free from the conflict in the world. But in Christ, you'll overcome it. Yes, but in Christ, you'll overcome. See, it's going to show up at your door. But what you'll do is take it captive. Yes. And you're going to cast it aside and remember that you're in Christ. And that I'm not looking at a black man. I'm looking at a new man. And I'm not looking at a white man. I'm looking at a new man. I'm looking at a child of God. You see what I'm saying? There's no conflict that we don't overcome because in Christ we live by the Spirit. So I'm not here to coddle your flesh experience, but I will empower your spiritual dominion. So as long as you want to identify with any part of your flesh, that's going to become a problem. Because God made you like this. And you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Why would we want that to change? But unless you have the light of God on the inside of you, you're never going to see that. No, the world can't see it. The world eats itself up. 
because their daddy's a liar. So I don't have to feel your pain. I was sin, lost, going to go to hell like everybody else. And I feel the pain of flesh fighting me and trying to get me back over into darkness and trying to get me back over into a place that kills me. But I let the greater one rise up. Now I know that's how they made you feel when they stopped you. I know that's how it made you feel when they walked away. But God. Now you know who you are. I don't care what they think you are. You know who you are. See, you know who you are, so you don't need them to tell you who you are to justify who you are because Christ is telling you who you are. You don't need them to tell you who you are. You are who you are. Go ahead and lead. Stay the lead and keep walking. Stay godly because your identification comes with him and the spirit of legion all this. You hear what I'm saying? So we crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. If there's anything I've learned through the years, y'all can be seated, thank you. If there's anything I've learned through the years is try to strengthen my, my response time to kill the flesh. I got a minister friend uh, that's really good at firearms, real good, did competitions, shooting competitions. Went out to a range with them, and they're like, within less than two seconds, can draw and put two rounds down in less than two seconds. And they're like, kill shots. So don't go to the man's house. That's what I'm saying. You hear what I'm saying? But he, he didn't get that way without practice. Okay? For me, it'd be a little bit longer. You understand what I'm saying? Be a little bit longer. So when it comes to the flesh, I practice killing it quicker. Not sitting in it. Not stooping in it. Not letting it be there. Not not comforting it. Because the flesh is real. And it really hurts. And it's a real struggle. And it's a real problem. All in the natural. And if it has its course, yes, it will do that. But God, the sooner I get over into the Spirit, then I have the Spirit's power and activation. I have what the Spirit will give. I have what the Spirit makes available. Because if we're going to be children of God, we're going to have to crucify this flesh and know I'm going to become proficient at killing my flesh fast in order to stay led by the Spirit. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. 